this episode, just imagine what the world was like before penicillin. He's described as being a careless lab technician. A spore of mold just kind of had blown in the window or in the stairwell or something had landed on the petri dish yep. and grown. And the fact that he was on holidays created the opportunity for the mold to grow, right? Penicillium notatum sounds like something uh, spell out of Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> Hang on, I've turned into a frog. <laughs> I was quite surprised when I, when I started doing some reading into it, uh, uh, just how much I didn't know. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Now, Mark, I believe you've got a little of a scientific story to tell us. How about you take yeah, it away? A little bit of, little bit of science. Always, always good sources of stories. Indeed. And so this, this week's story is about the discovery of penicillin. And before I tell a story, when, as I was reading, you know, doing some research on this, it really caused me to ask the question, just imagine what the world was like before penicillin. Yeah. Like, and how people, it, you know, like people died from bacterial infections even the tiniest little cut could. Who was the, who was the, um, oh, the famous person who, who went out the back to pick a rose and cut his uh, finger on the on the, the thorn of the rose and died? Um, don't know. I don't anyway, know that one story. Yeah, but the world probably, was very different before penicillin. It was a dangerous. It was a dangerous place. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it, I want you to picture 1928. So. Okay. Uh, What's that? Uh, eight years? Uh, sorry, ten years after the end of uh, World War One, mm -hmm. uh, the Great Depression's underway in America, um, and the situation for this is the location is London, and right. a guy called Alexander Fleming, who's a Scottish researcher in his mid forties thereabouts, he was working on he was uh, researching the influenza virus at St Mary's Hospital in London, and so Alexander Fleming he, he's described as being a careless lab technician yeah, and guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I can i can empathize with that he went on a two-week vacation and this is in uh, mid-september uh, 1928 and he came back and discovered that he had carelessly left a petri dish outside the incubator just sitting on a desk in sunlight and the whole idea of his research, he was researching the influenza virus, was that he, was, he would uh, uh, grow the staphylococcus uh, uh, culture uh, in Petri dishes and then do research on it. Yep. And so the purpose of that Petri dish was to grow staphylococcus. And because of, uh, it was outside the, uh, the incubator, that whole thing went bad. He's come back from holidays and seen the Petri dish sitting there and there was mold all over it. Quite, you know, like I thought he would have been quite right, quite within his rights to go, oh, that is a failure. You know, that, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I should not have done that and thrown it out. But he didn't throw it out. He decided to spend a bit of time examining it. And what he saw was that a, a, a spore of mold just kind of had blown in the window or in the stairwell or something had landed on the petri dish yep. and grown. And where the 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 mold had grown, the staphylococcus had been killed. And he's like, wow, 
And he did quite a bit more research on the effect of molds on the staphylococcus. And the only one that made any difference was a particular mold, uh, and it was called Penicillium notatum. And he realized that he'd found, a, well, he called it a, a, a bacteria killer. Today, we call it an antibiotic. And uh, for me, it's a great example of how he was curious and he asked the question rather than just go, no, that's not contributing to my research and throwing it out. Nice one. Excellent. I love it. Now, I know I kind of know the, um, you know, I've heard that story, but one of the things I hadn't heard was I think the all important element of him being on holidays before. I mean, good things happen when you go on holidays, right? Well, the, precisely. And the fact that he was on holidays created the opportunity for the mould to grow, right? If I, he hadn't been on holidays, it's nothing would have happened. The other thing I find really incredible is it just happened to be the penicillium notatum uh, mould spore that had gotten into the Petri dish. Like, think of the odds. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, penicillium notatum sounds like something uh, spell out of Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> Hang on, I've turned into a frog. <laughs> What's the reversal? <laughs> the... Um, you and I were both talking before we went on air about the John Cleese uh, video that we saw recently, an old one that he did, probably must have been in the 80s, I guess. I think it was the uh, uh, early 90s. Early 90s, was it? Right. And and he's talking, it was sort of like a, a presentation to an after-dinner speech, I think, by looks. But he was talking about creativity and how and these two modes of thinking, if you like, that very task-oriented thinking that we have, which is terrible for creativity. And then there's the creative mindset, which requires space, requires a little, uh, um, you know, the ability to explore things, you know, not under the same time pressure. And, and here we got, you know, Fleming essentially in that space, right? He's come back from his holidays. He's, he's got an open mind. He's relaxed. Yeah. He doesn't want, he's not in task-oriented mode, so he doesn't chuck things away. He, he has an exploration. Yeah, so I think it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, and Cleese referred to them, and I think it's a really good way of referring to it, is you can be in open mode where you're willing to explore stuff and take in information from different sources and closed mode where you're task-oriented, as you say. So yeah. you're really focused on the task and anything not specifically pertaining to the task well, you tend to discard. And of yeah. course, the beauty is that being it, having task mode is incredibly important for humans. Like, yeah, it's getting things able, done. Yeah, we've been able to achieve great things. But it has a limit, limitation, uh, which is that you don't take in new information. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. We'll put a, a link to that uh, YouTube video of yeah. Cleese, right in, in the show notes. And of course, um, it's John Cleese. So not only do you learn about creativity, and you get a, it's a great laugh as well. See, the man, the man practices what he preaches, which I like yeah. to see. Hey, I, we should get into this story, right? What do we like about this story? You know, what are the bits that uh, stand out for me uh, or stand out for us, I should say? Uh, what about for you, Mark? What do you like most about this story as you tell it? Oh, well, penicillin. Everyone right. knows it. Every knows it. Okay. Everyone knows it. And I guess... A lot of people would be familiar with the story about the discovery of penicillin. Yep. Uh, 
I was quite surprised when I, when I started doing some reading into it, uh, uh, just how much I didn't know. Right. Yeah. You scratch the surface. Yeah. And all there, of a sudden, there was. there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, it's a, it's kind of a story that I was familiar with, but it had a little bit of an extra element to it. And I found that really interesting. It's like sometimes you hear the same story. It's why people can tell the same story over and over, but give different perspectives, different angles on it. Um, so I thought that was, for me, that was what made that story interesting. Um, and I also like the, some of the details, you know, the, the, the name of the, the actual... Uh, uh, the penicillium notatum. That's right. I can't even remember it already. But um, make sure you don't wave a wand while you say that. That's right. Exactly. So the, those sort of things add that credibility to it. You know, if you didn't say it in Italian, I don't think, I think you could get away with it, right? But it just adds to that telling. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, as soon as I read that, I went, oh, of course, that's why it's called penicillin. Yeah. Right? Because yeah, right. it's the that specific mold spore or that specific mold. That, yes. Uh, that, the core has that great capability. Yeah. Um, okay. What about things that you would do to improve it? Or what about you? What, what do you like about it? Well, the thing that I like was those things just about those new angles and the specific elements. It's a it's a simple story. Yeah, I can visualize it. I can imagine a lab. I can imagine them. It reminded me of doing, uh, you know, sort of that those ex types of experiments in my biochemistry lab, you know, high school things like that. So that you know that was the recollection that I got. Um, so yeah, no, it's a good it's a good tight little story. Mm. Um, the thing that I would I would like just as a little extra, right? And that is almost like a thumbnail picture of Fleming. What does this guy look like? You know, is he a big beefy guy? Is he a tall skinny guy? Is he, is he a bespectacled, big moustached guy? Um, I think having just a little image of the person uh, just helps as part of that whole building the picture of the story right um did you get in did you get a, a look at the guy in any picture oh yeah i mean i've seen yeah what? like he's a very serious looking guy is know? he yeah sometimes in a lab coat some of his pictures in a lab coat some of them uh in a uh, in a suit and yeah yeah mid 40s as i said he was mid 40s clean, clean shaven no yeah had a beard beard bearded guy yeah, yeah. Was he uh, nearly everyone in those days? There were not many fat people back then in the 1920s, were they? I don't know. I uh, well, <laughs> he wasn't. They're mainly they're mainly uh, headshots. The ones headshots, that, uh, right? Yeah. So, so, so anyway, that's that was the only thing I can think would be a, a slight improvement to the story. What about you? What do you, is there anything you'd if you were to rerun it, you would do slightly differently? Oh, just sorry, I said he was bearded. He, he not bearded. He's clean shaven. Clean shaven. Clean shaven. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, look, I, I was thinking about it. Where was he? Where was he on holidays? You could go down that path, but I think that goes too far. For right, you don't if, need to know that. Again, if you were on giving a, a one-hour keynote and you were using this as a central story or creativity as a central theme, you might go into more details like that. But one of the things I like about it is just such a simple story. Right, goes on holiday, yeah, made a mistake, comes on holidays, and just asks the question, "What's that?" Yes. And led to discovery of penicillin. Actually, one of the things that you can do with any sort of story is 
And I, I was thinking of this because last night I watched a uh, documentary called Shackleton's Captain. Have you ever seen this documentary? No. So you know the story of Shackleton, right? Yep. Okay, so it's a well-known, well, well-versed sort of story. You know, he goes down there, his ship gets stuck, and he more or less has to help everyone get back to safety. Well, it turned out that a lot of the big things that were done to get those guys to safety, like navigate to, um, you know, to the island, the South Georgia island that they ended up going to with a whaling station there, was done by his captain, right? Because he was the head of the expedition, but he wasn't the captain of the ship. And the captain was this New Zealand guy who was just tremendously skilled, uh, had years and years of experience of navigating on, you know, every sea in the world sort of thing. So you got this, this story that you knew, but from the perspective of this guy, Captain Mosley, I think his name was, something like that. And, and I reckon there is something here, you know, you could almost, because it's a well-known story, I'm just wondering what you could dig into and tell the story from a slightly different perspective, you know. And I think the holiday, I'm, I'm just sort of riffing on this from your holiday. <laughs> I was wondering holiday, where you <laughs> On the holiday's perspective, you know, you, maybe you could take it more from the holiday. Well, you went to South Georgia. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know. So um, probably unlikely in the 20s. Take yeah, more than two hard, weeks. Hard to get there, I'd say. Mm. Hard to get there. Um, cool. Okay. We should talk about how do you use this little uh, baby. Yeah. And for me, an obvious one is where you, your team's got a problem that they need to solve and you want them to just to think out of the box. Yeah, yeah, it's a kind of funny one, isn't it? Because, of course, if you just said, guys, I want you to think out of the box, that would be the opposite to what they would actually do. They would yep. go into task mode. We need, okay, task three, think out of the box. Um, and they would get nowhere. But, but telling that story, you know, and maybe following it up with the John Cleese story, I think you then have really good conditions for people to actually realise they can't, you can't just um, task orient yourself out of or into creativity. Um, yeah, and I like what you said there because doing it in conjunction with, you know, the John Cleese video where he talked about open and close mode. So folks, Fleming was in open mode. I, I, I worry that we're spending too much time in closed mode. Yeah, it gives a language for it, doesn't it? Yeah, suddenly you've got a, a metaphor for the way you want your team to operate. Yep, yep. Uh, I think, you know, it's a, it's a story that... Um, you know, if you were teaching leaders, it'd be a good one to share as a, a one just to get them mindful of, you know, how easy it is to just get in that closed mode and 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 you need to be more like Fleming or Fleming yep. after Fleming after a holiday. <laughs> yeah, because that was one of the things that Cleese pointed out was that uh, plenty of downtime really yeah. helps you get into that open mode. Mm. Yeah, he so was if actually people are working too hard, they might be missing stuff. Yeah, he was recommending, you know, to sort of set aside in your diary like two hours, you know, that you would just set aside for creativity, which I thought's an interesting. I think that'd be it's a great idea. I'm gonna add lots of two-hour slots in my diary for some creativity. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, so what else? Any anything well, else? Well, just picking up on that, uh, mm. I, I think that's a really important application because whenever I do leadership development activities. One of the things I'll often show them is, do you remember the old gorilla video? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I remember I, uh, we bought a copy of that, oh, God, maybe 2005. I've still got the, the DVD uh, right. in the bookcase behind me. And, but essentially, it's a bunch of people who are passing a basketball and the instruction, what does the video go, for 90 seconds or something? And uh, the, 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 the instructor will direct the group count the number of passes the people in white shirts make. Yeah. And of course, there's people in white shirts, there's people in black shirts, and you count them and there's discussion about how many, how many, how passes. many passes there are. And in the middle of it, somebody walks through, this, through the entire shot quite slowly in a gorilla outfit and stops in the middle of the thing, beats their chest and walks out of shot. And most people don't see it. Yeah. And you know, it demonstrates that you can get so focused on tasks that you you miss blindingly obvious things. Anyway, this story of Alexander Fleming can yeah you know, I would use it to supplement that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. That's, right, right that's a good one. That's a great one. You know, I showed that video to a group of people in Canberra once, and and I showed the video, and no one's well, a lot of people didn't see the gorilla as expected. Mm-hmm. And then I showed it again, but I said, this time, just watch out for the gorilla. Right? And that, there was a group of 20 people. And there was one guy, he said, I don't see the gorilla. He still could not see the gorilla. And, and then I, so we showed it a third time. And then as the gorilla walked in, everyone yelled out, there's the gorilla. He says, oh, that's doctored. There's no way oh, that no. it wasn't in the original. Oh, there's no way I would miss. You've set he, me up. Yeah, he was so dead certain that we'd set him up. Oh my god! Wow, so, so he's interesting. A really, really, he has incredible ability to focus. Then, either that, or he's having some psychotic issue. I think. I don't know. <laughs> he's having an episode. Yeah, um, I like my explanation. Just saying, must, yeah, must just be. from a politically correct perspective. Okay, uh, so, so those that, are those are two good applications yeah, of that okay. uh, of that story. Right, and I'm, it- I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure. I'm hoping that our audience will come up with more. And I would I'd be very, very interested in knowing what other business applications people can see for this story. Yeah. Yeah. Put them in the comments. It would be great to yeah. see. Now, uh, let's give it a rating. So I think it's up to me to uh, kick things off here. So I'm going to give this a six out of ten. A six. Okay. A six. I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this an eight. An eight. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, I really. I'm. I'm quite enamoured of enamoured of the old Alexander Fleming story. <laughs> the only reason I would give I gave it a slightly lower score is that I wonder just whether it's a story that a lot of people already know. I don't know. I, I, that's just a question mark. I, so in, in my, my frame, I look at it and I go, that's an advantage because you already know this. And by taking something they already know and going, here's the, here's the, the kind of observation about curiosity and being open, then it, it amplifies the effectiveness of it. So I don't yeah. see that as I don't see I don't necessarily see that as a as a as an mm. obstacle. Yeah, good. All right. Um, anything we need to uh, call to pe- people's attention? Oh, we've got a bunch of public workshops coming up. Story powered data, storytelling for leaders, uh, yeah. story powered sales. 
that's a the, the last couple of months of the year are going to be uh, very active for us. So uh, if you want to know more information about any of those courses, just go to our web, website, www.anecdote.com forward slash events, and the information will be there. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And yeah, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.